Please sit comfortably. So good evening everyone. Good evening everyone on Zoom. I just want to say a few words tonight about the um, the, the power of thought labelling as a practice. I had um, someone who uh, saw me for counselling recently and I hadn't seen him for about six months maybe. He's not a um, Buddhist practitioner um, and I taught him a little bit about meditation. I taught him about thought labelling and he, the reason why he saw me was having conflict with his wife and he separated from her and um, and what he said that he realised through the practice of thought labelling was that he saw his wife as the enemy and um, and so he had that, that mindset rather than his friend and so he um, he, you know, developed a sense of resentment and anger towards her and would have angry outbursts at times, you know, um, which then would have affected her behaviour. And um, he, he came to a sort of a, a, a very clear insight in himself through doing thought labelling that, that one, he had this attitude towards her and then he was able to identify the the anger and start to work with it in a different way, and he he's um, uh, they're now back together again, which was a, a good story, and um, and he he now sees his wife as his best friend um, rather than his enemy. But may I emphasise too, let's not get caught in the gender stereotypes. <laughs> and there could have been a a woman who came in and saw me and thought that her husband was the enemy and was very angry. So it can work. I think the jet can work either way, but in this case it was a, a man. But it's a, a good um, it's, it's a good reminder of how effective this practice can work when you really engage in it. And if you do, I mean he was not a, he's not a meditator, um, but if you do regular meditation with, with thought labeling as a practice, it can be, it can be a very um, powerful kind of practice. And one of the things that um, Joko emphasised a lot in her teaching is that um, the centrality of, of anger in our life. Do you know, and when we when we get threatened by something, we, we often have this this knee-jerk reaction into being angry at things around us, and it takes on many forms. But but one of the forms too is that like constantly complaining about things is a, is a form of anger as well. You're constantly criticising or finding fault. Like that's what happened to my client. He found fault in his partner, in his wife all the time. And if we can, um, if we can sit in meditation and label the, the thinking or emotional pattern that we get into, rather than being caught up in idea, you know, that because we practice them, we're good, and we're going to become good, or all of that. We just turn up to the experience without judgment and be curious to explore whatever our experience is. And when that happens, when we get angry or frustrated, label it, ang angry mind. And what what's wonderful about this practice, it's... it's I, as a therapist over many years, I've never really felt there was much value 
in people c continuing to talk about their anger, you know, or to be cathartic about it. It might be a way of getting in touch with it to begin with. But the more you think angry thoughts and the more you are angry in your speech, the angrier you get, you know, and round and round it goes. It just feeds itself. Um, then a lot of people think, well, a lot of people push their anger down or suppress it or think it's bad or dangerous and they don't engage with it either. And so people, you get the people who are always being angry and loud and you get those who just suppress it. Neither of them work very well. And what, it, what is the wonderful thing about, about Dharma practice is that when you practice with something like anger, so you, you label it and then you come back to the body and you don't push the anger away um, or let it go or send loving kindness to it. You just allow the angry energy to be there in the body. It's like, well, what, what is this experience? When I get below thinking about it and the, all the abstractions about it, what is this experience? And so we just allow ourselves to experience it in the body what it is to be, to be angry and without judgment. And if you do that over and over again, that, that's, where, that's where the transformation occurs in practice. It's like you, your, your body, like I was saying, when you sit still and focused and just turn up to the experience, then you've got a really solid container right, to cook in. Right? And, and when you're always sort of distracted and on devices and talking a lot or even talking about your anger to other people, you're not really in touch with it. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of people think that if they talk about their anger they're in touch or talk about their feelings, they're in touch with their feelings. They're often one step removed from it. If you want to really be in touch with your feelings, be quiet, don't talk, reduce your thinking and go into the bodily experience of it. Then you'll really know what it's like to feel angry or to feel sad or to feel fearful. And if you do that over and over again, then something else emerges and you find that um, one, you find that the anger is not something that is very solid, right? It's kind of like a stream coming, it's a pattern of energy. It's got its own kind of flavour to it, but it just, you can't actually pin it down. Uh, and, and if you stay with it long enough, you start to see that it's often a, a secondary emotion which is coming out of a primary emotion. And that primary emotion is often something which is far more vulnerable, like fear, um, insecurity, uh, powerlessness, sadness, shame, all the, all the more vulnerable kind of feelings that we have. And you stay, you stay with anger and you realise that's, that's not the primary issue here that's going on when I'm reacting. That's just my way of trying to be strong but it's a false kind of strength. You know, it's, it's, a full, it's, it's, not a, it's not a true kind of strength. And as John Wellwood says, you know, in one of those readings, you know, about the power of, of vulnerability, is that when you actually drop below the level of anger and you feel the fear behind it or the powerlessness or the humiliation, whatever it might be, and you just sit with that, just, just sit what it's like to feel humiliated, uh, and be present to it, and then something something else starts to transform. You're not you're not running away from anything. 
if you if you really taste the experience of these negative emotions that we all have, they kind of they dissolve, like they fade. You know, like we come coming back to this metaphor of the ego is like the frozen block of emotion thought. You just stay with the humiliation or the anger, and it melts, just melts, sort of washes away. You know, runs through you. It's not a a solid contraction in your body anymore. And so it's it's actually very. It, we should never underestimate um, the the power of this practice when we really engage with it. You know, it has the capacity, like this man I saw recently, to to actually transform a relationship from one where there's separation and bitterness, and it's and they're heading towards the divorce courts, right, towards actually, my my wife is my best friend. And he said, I even think of her as being really sweet. <laughs> 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 what, a, what a shift that can occur. 